0: What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I am doing this out of my car today because, you know, life gets busy. Life gets crazy. So I decided that I'm not going to skimp out this week's episode because of life so, I am doing it out of my car, and hopefully, my tripod doesn't fall. So, I apologize for um, that if it happens because I'm kind of propping it up on the dash of my car. But anyway, um, I'm super excited today because I have a great topic. Um, yesterday, I did a two year anniversary flash sale for my first ebook um called the ironclad body training system and i literally discounted it so much down to 15 bucks and i want to thank every single person that took the time out of their day to look at my post click the link put in all their information and purchase my book um, I emailed every single person personally to thank them and also give them access to the audiobook that also in, that's included in my ebook. And, you know, I wrote that three years ago, not thinking that it was going to sell at all. And I just wanted to like put my thoughts and out there and how I train people, how to, you know, train pain-free, get better joint function, things like that. And today I'm editing volume two. And I'm really excited because uh, later today, so it depends on when I upload this, but later today, as in Sunday, June, what is it, 13th, uh, I'm going to be releasing the cover of... The Ironclad Body Training System, Volume 2. And when people ask, well, what's the difference between the two books, and essentially it's like, think of The Ironclad Body Training System, the first one I wrote three years ago and released two years ago, on steroids. So I took all of those um, topics that I have in the book and just expanded it so much, so, so much. So an example of that is in my last book, Um, I believe it was around 40-ish thousand words. And the word count for my new book is over a 100,000. So that in itself just gives you some perspective of how detailed my next book's going to be. And I'm so excited to um, share the cover for my volume two today. And I'm going to have... um, a pre-sale list so i did this for my first book where i teased little bits of my book and i had just like a google form sign up where you just put your name and email and all the people who are on my pre-sale list would actually get my book earlier than the general population like the general public oh i say population but um and a discount on it so keep an eye out for that i'm super excited to share it and this book, I am so proud of how much time and effort I put into it, and I really hope it's going to help so many people out there. And I am working on it to also have it in a um, print version, because you know my first book was just an ebook, and I am going to play around with how to edit my book so it's more print friendly because you know if you purchase my first book you know there's a lot of videos tutorials and stuff like that or as a print I can't really do that but I can try to create like still images um, so stay tuned for that I am super excited to get that going and I'm hoping to release um, my next ebook I think realistically I'm going to do it um, like early to late fall because also you know the book has a program that I want people to follow and depending on where you are in the world COVID may be getting better for you or it's still really shitty gyms are not open and you're kind of left at home to work out and you have like a set of 20s for dumbbells and that's it so i want to release this during a time where people have full access to the gym they don't have that social anxiety to get back into um you know the world without feeling like they're going to get covid or the whole world's going to explode or whatever it is so i'm going to delay the original release date of the summer because not everywhere in the world um is kind of getting back to normal. So uh, keep an eye out from the post today, the pre sale, and continuing posts throughout uh, this year to get my new ebook. So without further ado, we're going to get into the topic today. So the topic I want to talk about today is Olympic weightlifting for the general population. I'm going to try not to be a little bitch about this but why why so when I see people general population doing Olympic weightlifting I want to pour battery acid on my eyes and here's why there's nothing wrong with Olympic weightlifting not at all but it requires not only a specific skill set, but also a very specific amount of prerequisites, range of motion in certain joints, body type, and the general population don't have it. So, you know, I've been doing um, assessments, like thorough assessments, for a very long time. And most recently, I got my functional range assessment certification um, already a month ago. And you know, a lot of the stuff I already knew when it came to um, assessing the human body, but understanding the you know context behind it, how it relates to movement, and how it relates to exercise um makes it a little bit more eye opening in the sense of there's a lot of people out there that should not be doing what they're doing so an example I have an individual in front of me where I take him through the FRA or any other kind of assessment and I'm like okay well let's look at your shoulders they have you know very limited shoulder external rotation and then actively it's even worse And then you check like shoulder flexion, they're limited, shoulder abduction, they're limited, shoulder extension, they're limited. And actively, it's even worse. So then, you know, I ask the individual, show me what you can do with your shoulder. And sure, let's do a shoulder car because I am a huge fan of shoulder cars. And they do the shoulder car, and they physically feel the limitation of how their shoulder moves and feels. And then I go ask them, okay, out of 100%, and 100% is like your shoulder is so perfect that when you do the shoulder car, it feels fluid, like smooth, and you could like do contortionist stuff with your shoulder without any kind of compensation. Out of 100%, how do you feel with your shoulder just performing that? And usually when I ask this question to someone who has a really messed up, not messed up, just limited, right? This is this is another thing too. Is like when I do assessments on people and I showcase that, you know, their shoulder, their hip, their ankle doesn't move the way it should or the way it's designed, they feel bad. But I'm like, you shouldn't feel bad. It's just... This is your start point and now we can improve it because now we know what we're working with. But when they feel that limitation, they realize, oh shit, maybe this has a negative effect on what I'm doing in the gym. So when I ask that person in front of me where I assess their shoulder and it's you know, super tight, is not moving the way it should, and I'm like, okay, out of 100%, how does that feel? And usually I get an answer between like 20 to 30%. And I'm like, okay, so let's say you have 30% of a healthy shoulder and you are pressing overhead, you are barbell snatching, barbell cleaning. So if your shoulder doesn't work as a shoulder should, should you be doing shoulder things? And then they go, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Right? Like, if your shoulder only has 30% capacity to do what a shoulder is designed to do, and you're taking a fucking barbell with weight and fucking snatching it above your head, that shoulder's probably not going to do you any justice. So, something else is going to compensate for it. And usually it's gonna be things like your thoracic spine, your elbows, your wrists, maybe even your neck, and most likely your lower back. So, this is the thing that I always say, and I used to, like, I think I started saying this like three years ago, but that is a clear example of you taking a square peg into a round fucking hole over and over again, and then you wonder why. The front of your shoulder is sore, your lower back is sore, and that's it, right? Like, there's there's no way to paint a better picture of what you should and shouldn't be doing. But for some reason, people feel that when they see people, other people, doing barbell snatches, back squats, front squats, cleans and jerks, whatever it is, they've assume that's what they're supposed to do, right? And... Olympic weightlifting in general requires so much. So let's, before I even get to that, because I'm going to get into like the list of things you need. If I ask that individual, like any person, that's a general population person that sits all the fucking time, is barely active, barely does any mobility work, and I ask him, okay, well, why do you like, well, not even like, that's another point say okay say you really liked olympic weightlifting and i asked you would you want to be olympic weightlifting 20 years from now if the answer is yes then what you're doing right now is not going to allow you to get to that goal because you're going to fuck your shit up so many times that you might not even be able to touch a barbell So if the ultimate goal was to like, oh, I really like Olympic weightlifting, it makes me feel strong, it makes me feel powerful, I want to continue doing that, it's like, okay, well, let's take a step back, give you the prerequisites to do it, so then when you hit 60 years old, 70 years old, you're still fucking pressing a barbell over your head, like, that would be sweet, but... If you're just doing Olympic lifts because you joined your local CrossFit or you joined a gym where it's kind of like CrossFit, but it's not because they're like, oh, I'm better than CrossFit, but we still do CrossFit workouts, then the question then is, um, sorry, I thought there was somebody right beside me. It was super weird. Um, Then the question becomes, okay what is the goal behind you doing Olympic lifts or like CrossFit-styled workouts? And usually the general population will go, well, I want to move better, feel better, and lose weight. It's like, okay, if the snatch is an exercise that is supposed to give you those things, but it's hurting your shoulder, it's hurting your lower back, there are other exercises you can do in order to achieve those goals, right? Like, If you literally ask that person or anyone, like, if I took away Olympic lifting from your program, would you feel depleted, cheated, you know, whatever the word you want to use, most likely it's going to be no. Because at the end of the day, that person just wants to lose weight and move better and feel better. So it's like, okay, well, let's find all these different exercises where we can you know substitute so then you'll end up feeling better and will most likely have more days in the gym like that makes more sense to me right so now let's look at um the prerequisites for olympic weightlifting number 1 we're going to go from the top down you need a shit ton of ankle mobility For the most part, all the general population people that I work with, they have decent to not enough um, ankle mobility. And if I stop talking, there's like a weird dude in this parking lot that looks like he's coming to my car. But um, So yeah, most general population people, um, hang on. Have little to no, yeah, you can see them right there, (laughs) Um, little to no ankle mobility. So when you're doing things like squats, clean snatches, you need quite a bit in order to get down there. From there, you need enough tibial rotation. So for those people who don't know, like as you squat down, your tibia is supposed to like externally rotate and a tibia is your freaking shin bone that's, you know, Literally connected to your knee and ankle, and they're supposed to be rotation as you squat, lunge, deadlift, everything you do. And then you also need adequate hip mobility that most people don't have because we sit all the fucking time. Like I have really good hip mobility, but when I sit at my desk working on my my laptop, like all day, and then I go work out and I get into a hip flexor stretch, I'm like, holy oh, fuck, this sucks. Now imagine an individual that doesn't work on their mobility on a daily basis, who doesn't work out every single day, and sits for 10 to 12 hours every single day. Like, fuck, that that shit's not going to feel good, right? From there, most general population people don't have enough thoracic mobility, which is very important when it comes to placing a barbell on your back or overhead, most general population people don't have enough shoulder mobility and they don't have enough wrist mobility. So I've listed several things that most general pop people don't have that are now taking exercises that require all those things and just Again, square peg, brown hole, jamming it over and over again. So is it really worth it? Like, is it worth the risk of, you know, eventually getting an injury, feeling tight, feeling sore in your low back, feeling sore here or there, whatever it is? Probably not, right? These are the conversations you need to have, right? Like, the people that I train... I've never had an experience other than when I first started in the industry where someone did a workout with me and the next day they were like, fuck, my back was sore for three days. Never had that. Never, never had that. I have that a couple times with the really broken people I've been getting lately because now people think I'm like this rehab mobility person. So I kind of took on that role and I've been seeing really broken people, but they have like a list of histories of stuff and we're not placing barbells on their back or anything like that. It's like, let's see you move your hip doing like supine internal and external rotation and then doing some like FRC cacaos and like just getting them moving like that. They're like, Oh fuck my little back was sore. Right? Like really broken people, right? Like, That's the only time. But general population where they're just stiff and, yeah, my shoulder's kind of sore. Like, I've never had that experience other than when I first started in the industry and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, right? So, at the end of the day, why choose exercises that you have no business doing in order to achieve your goals? Like, that's silly to me, you know? Like... That's like me wanting to start mountain biking, and I get my bike, and I decide to go down like a black diamond mountain course for my first run. Like I could probably do it, I'll do it very shitty, I'll probably fall over all the fucking time before I get down there, compared to going on the easiest hill on that mountain for beginners and build you know my tolerance to downhill mountain biking like that's that sounds like a better idea you know what i mean like physically putting myself through a black diamond run down a mountain with my mountain bike it's like the most idiotic thing like i remember one time snowboarding and by accident taking a black diamond run and i'm like what the fuck this is terrible and i was like holding on to dear life for a lot of that <laughs> run but this is what i don't understand why general population people will go there to that point point. and i also understand too is like you know people are also under the impression that oh if i um how long have i been talking I don't even know. Um, They're on their impression of like exercise has to be almost like a punishment. Like it has to be to a point where you're huffing and puffing and you're sweating bullets and you're like exhausted at the end. And that is in the general population's mind like the gold standard for weight loss and training but it's not like the only way for you to get better in the exercise and fitness department is to recover from the stress you put in. So I always tell this to everyone, like say you start your fitness journey, your threshold's here. Why the fuck would you want to start training at a threshold up here? Like you're never going to recover from that. So what you do is your threshold's here, and you take your training, like, right below it, and you slowly start pushing it up. And then your threshold becomes higher and higher and higher. You don't have any injuries, and now you're, like, you know, two two years down the road consistently training, and you move and feel better, you're eating better, and voila, like, you hit your goals. But for some reason, people feel like they need to, like, destroy their body in order to see the progress they need right training is all about longevity right like that's why so many people on january 1st where they try to go to the gym every single fucking day end up quitting after a couple weeks because their body's too sore they're tired they're not recovering right it's literally equivalent to like all right i want to start running and do a full marathon and my first run i won't run 20 kilometers I'm going to be sore as shit and tired and there's no way in hell that the next day I wake up, I'm going to want to run again. It's the same thing. You want to do just enough to create a response to be able to recover from it and then push yourself a little bit more and continue that pattern. But for some reason, people want to just go above and beyond, but that's not smart training. That's like if I was the trainer for someone like Usain Bolt, one of the fastest runners in the world, and I go, we're going to train legs hard because you got to you know, generate force in the ground so you can go faster. And we do like fucking 20 sets of squats and the next day Usain Bolt is sore and he can't go to practice and run. Like I would get fired as a strength coach, right? Like you want to do just enough so there's just some change. Right? That's smart training. You Olympic weightlifting when you have n- no ankles, not enough tibial rotation, shitty hip mobility, no T spine mobility, no shoulder mobility is just a recipe for disaster. Right? But I understand if someone really enjoyed Olympic weightlifting, then yeah, let's go work on it and get you there safely. I think I'm going to end it there because, man, I can go for like a full hour talking about this and yeah long story short really like audit what you're doing for training right now and ask yourself is it actually serving me or is it you know delaying me from seeing true success right usually it's delaying you from success you know people have been getting strong forever The barbell is not the only tool to get strong. There's other things. There's body weight, there's kettlebells, there's dumbbells, there's fucking bands. Like, there's so many other things you can do other than a barbell to achieve fitness and health, right? Like, don't get married to an idea how training should be, you know? If you really enjoy fucking doing Zumba, then fucking do Zumba. Like, there's no right way of training as long as it keeps you, like, pain-free. Like, you want to stay pain-free. You don't need to put your body through, like, shit. Like, (laughs) appreciate your body for what it can do, you know? Like, we all start somewhere, and the last thing you want to do is place more stress into joints where it shouldn't be and then you have an injury so i'm gonna end it there i want to thank you guys for listening to me rant um thank you so much for the support all those people who bought my first ebook this past weekend i really 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 appreciate from the bottom of my heart like the, the fact that you trust me enough to give me money for something i created like that is huge like so huge so like from the bottom of my heart thank you so much I really look forward to releasing my next book it's going to help a lot of people and coaches um i'm so excited to share it seriously i'm so excited um hit the show notes add me on facebook add me on instagram uh subscribe to my youtube channel i keep forgetting to say this but uh i've seen a stall in my youtube subscribers so if you haven't subscribed already hit the show notes Uh, subscribe to my youtube channel so you'll see all my new videos and stay tuned for more information about my new book that's it from you guys thank you so much you guys are amazing